Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I can't believe this shit. I heard this. I can't believe it. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go! Well, let's go! Well, Tuesday edition. Taco Tuesday edition. Had some tacos with the fellas. Damn officially. right. So officially Taco Tuesday for all of us. We're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. Win money using Superstar Devs. Great bets today, guys. We have a good show for you. We just came over from Ball Arena. Well. Not true, from Torchies. That's via right. Ball <laughs> Arena, where we just met with a Michael Malone who provided some great insight, A-plus insight. I just thought he was like a top 10 Malone press, like random practice press. Mm-hmm. Not that he said any of that. I oversold it. It's going to be yeah, very Yeah, you oversold it now. really hard. It was good, though. <laughs> it yeah. was good. It was a really good one. Yeah, for the real hoopers out there, the they'll, they'll really appreciate it. That's true. Real hoopers yeah. are going to appreciate it. Also going to go over some notebook notes, and we're going also going to introduce the haters ball. Oh, it's going to be a great segment. Yesterday was like a top day to be a hater. Yeah. Like I've, one of the I've seen the graphic for the segment. It's going to be a fire segment. Have you? I've seen the graphic. Yeah, you missed it. Yeah. It's great. Oh, man, I missed it. I can't wait for it. This is going to be a great segment. Um, But first, I got to introduce the fellows over here. It's it, You're a green guy now, aren't you? You like that comment I made about being the olive? Green the, is my favorite the, color. Is it really? Verge in uh, Portuguese, just so for those of you wondering at home. Verge? I'm in a chipper Verge? mood. It's, yeah, Verge. Mm. I'm in a chipper mood. Because Verde in Spanish for those also. That's right. Day. That's yeah. right. Yeah, similar. Language corner. <laughs> Nuggets were in a good mood, though, today at practice. Felt loose, and now I feel loose. Ready to do a show with you guys. If the yeah. Nuggets were uptight, you would have just been a complete wreck. Been miserable. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, man. Did Super Producer Kale drop the ball? I missed the, I missed 24-year-old no. Kale. When he guys, was still young when and full of When he was young ambition. and like trying. Yeah. Look at that. There it is. He Get is Bubba up there. Get Bubba back up there. Nice. There it is. He is resting on his laurels. <laughs> uh, then over here, I got Harrison Wind. I haven't been back in the lounge in forever. Is it weird? No, it's not weird. But like the last time I got in here, Ben Simmons was still playing <laughs> basketball. Man, like, has you it are been hard that long? On, dude, the haters ball is later. And by the way, like I just I'm uncomfortable with Ben Simmons being the recipient of all this hate. <laughs> Harris, maybe you'll share your take, but you your take on Ben Simmons has me like it's honest, it's too much. Like I'm I'm honestly like like stop, bro. Like I'm jumping in, you know, to break up the fight because I'm worried. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for Haters Ball. It's going to be a good segment. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a good one. Um, but let's get into it. I want to start with practice today. The Nuggets did hold practice here in Denver, which I love, by the way. I thought maybe they would get out to the Bay. Nope. They're, they're going to spend as little time out there as possible, which I love mm-hmm. getting there today. And then, of course, they've got the game tomorrow. Um, we talked to Michael Malone. We talked to DeMarcus Cousins. We talked to Aaron Gordon. Surprise. I was kind of surprised we talked to Aaron Gordon. Harrison, I'll let you start. Where do you want to start here? 
Well, just with the vibe of practice, I think. I think back to the Nuggets' first practice back in Denver after game two. Man, it was bad. Remember, I actually think that was the last time I might have been in the lounge. But um, <laughs> Michael Malone, before he came over and talked to the media, was sitting in a chair by himself That's just right. with his head down. Malone has an all-time... like You get it on the bench a lot. You get that look where yeah. he's like... You could just tell he's like that, that's how yeah, like, look at that's how Pope's it was. doing a great Malone like for that ten was Malone. minutes straight before he walked over and talked with the media and by himself. What? Nuggets came out and battled in Game Three, so sometimes this stuff just doesn't yeah. matter. But that you're right that the vibe on that day, we all said it, it was weird. And this today, one? I walked out of this Malone presser hyped up. Like, yeah. I'm ready to go. I, I sense some confidence. I, I sense that the Nuggets think they could have a couple things up their sleeve. Just the vibe now compared to the vibe after Game Two, 180 degrees different. I do think even the way Malone's talking about <laughs> you laughed at that one. <laughs> even the way Malone's talking, I could decide if I should go three sixty or one eighty. <laughs> I think it is a one eighty. You're right. Yeah, yeah. three sixty is all the way back. Technically the same. All the way back. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> I'm so glad you stopped. Malone's done a one eighty. Um, yes, yes. He was talking about this series like the goal was to maybe get one. Yeah. Just be competitive. Yeah. And it's probably too late. Too little, too late. But there, it certainly feels like the Nuggets are. Tr- There's been a turnaround. They're trying yeah. to win these games. They think they can. There's win been this a half next turnaround, game, a half, a one eighty turn. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is like in games one and two, you thought Denver didn't belong on the court with Golden right, State. Exactly. In games three and four, you thought they look like they're equal or maybe slightly below. You could say like, all right, it was at your home court or whatever. But they just look like, oh yeah, there are paths for them to compete in this. Now, is it too late? To your point, maybe. But the Nuggets definitely don't have the vibe that you felt after game two, which right. was like. They were worried. Are we just outclassed? Do we suck? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's what a win can do. Right. It yeah. was one win. Yeah. You know, game three they competed. They put themselves in position to win. They didn't. Game four, they won. Can I yeah. hype us up real quick? Can I hype this up? So if you actually think back to what it really reminds you of, it kind of reminds you of Utah series, where if you remember. Game three was the low point. You thought, oh my God, this team's outclassed. Jokic can't do anything. He's getting murdered. And then game four, they lost, but it was close. That reminds me of game three in this one. They lost, but it was close. And you're like, man, the ball didn't bounce, but at least they fought. Then they won three in a row. Now, here's my question. If there was a, if that was a nine-game series, not a seventh-game series, who wins game eight, in your opinion? Denver or Utah? The Nuggets. Of course they do. Yeah. Of course they, they do. Because blow the Jazz, them out by 20. The Jazz were broken by that point. Yeah. And I would even go back to say, like, if you played Clippers-Nuggets game eight, if there was a nine-game series, who wins game eight? Nuggets by 30. Nuggets by 30. So all Denver has to do is repeat what they've already done. You just win the three in a row, yeah. and the fourth one probably becomes a lock. Um, the thing is, though, the Warriors are just such a different class than, of course, the Jazz, but also the Clippers. Like the Clippers were a very good team. Great defense, superstars. But I mean, you the Warriors this, man, but are But do you different. remember before Denver did that, everybody was wanted the battle for L.A., and everybody was saying like the Clippers were the team that they were the matched favorites. up. That's they were the, the thing. They were the favorites. Like They, they were, were. They did not look vulnerable until Denver made them look vulnerable, and then they looked terrible. Now, Denver has not made the Warriors look vulnerable, so... Maybe they don't have this fall. And also, by the way, the Warriors have won. I'm just saying that this is what happens in a series, especially with Denver, is when you start figuring things out, all of a sudden it's like, guess what? They can't solve us, us being Denver in this this instance. And that's like, I I just think that's where you have to hope for. And it's not going to be easy. This next game five, like the most likely outcome is probably Warriors by eight. That's the line. But you just, you win that one. It's the hard one.
Yeah. Just this is how Nuggets playoff series go with with this sure. with this group with a Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic led group. Yeah. yeah. The first couple games are miserable. Usually, we're wondering uh, about everything, like the game plan. Is Michael Malone slow to adjust? Like we're yeah. talking about all these things, and eventually, just the light flickers on, and you're like, oh, okay, they've they've got something here. Right. And then it just totally pivots and reverses and. Um, we are in that kind of pivot reverse stage, uh, but the Nuggets have never played, I, I think, a team like the Warriors in the playoffs yet. And the Warriors group. also make you look the worst of any team. This isn't just like the Nuggets. This is in their history. When the Warriors get rolling, it looks the worst because they're dancing, they're hitting threes. It makes get the final score. It's just how yeah. it felt. How it felt, right? Ka yeah, Kawhi hitting fall away jumpers in your face is like man what can you do this or sure, that sure. but like the warriors make it to where they get layups and wide open threes and you just look like what the hell are we <laughs> like they just start not? dancing and, <laughs> and you're just like i hate this you're yeah. getting murdered so yeah. that's the difference um let's get into some of the notes here from michael malone let's do it. he was asked a lot of questions about the physicality <laughs> whether or not the nuggets met the physicality i've never thought about physicality more yeah he does and it's a michael malone question too but it's also uh, a made-up term yeah it is physicality. doesn't mean anything there are other words for what that is trying to articulate. I mean, I, we all understand it, though. And he thought the physicality from Denver, they felt, I mean, that's the phrase he always uses, they felt us in games three and four. And Denver just has to do that. What are the odds that the Warriors feel Denver in game five? Because it's not 100%. I 70%. I think, I think Denver is intent on doing just that. I think they saw that they were able to. There's another element of this of... Just going back home, like if the Warriors get off to a quick enough, hot enough start in San Francisco, yeah. it may just get away from them before any of that yeah. comes yeah. into play. I was talking to Matt Moore about this, though, because he thinks that that is like if you really want to envision the best, like how this goes where Denver wins it. It's not that they just like right out of the gate punch. It's that the Warriors are going to throw a big punch early. Like yeah, Denver's yeah. probably going to be down 12 at some point in the first half of this game. And it's like it was with the Clippers series. Remember games five, six, seven, they were down double digits and then they stormed back. Yeah. That's the thing is that they throw that knockout punch, you sustain it, and then as the game goes on, all of a sudden you look up and you're like, man, I thought we put this team away and they're only down seven. Yeah, it's like what player is going to try to get into it with Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon's going to step in and go chest to chest <laughs> with? Like, what, well, when, is, when is that going to happen uh, in game five? Well, it's Draymond and the DraftKings has it at minus 100,000. <laughs> like, it's definitely going to be Draymond who I don't think Draymond walked away from game four thinking I've got to be careful about getting in guys' faces. <laughs> might rile them up. I don't think that's how he feels. No. He looked at the officiating schedule for game five and, and it feels pretty good about it. <laughs> but who is it? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. Uh, yet. We'll know tomorrow. But here's what I'm saying. I think that if you get to game five, like right now, I don't think the Warriors feel any pressure. And I don't think that with those types of things, there's, there's no compromise. They just are going to come out and talk more shit and be more intense and more physical. If you get that one, if you manage it, though, that's one. I do think that a game six all of a sudden becomes like, you know, this team actually takes a lot of punches. It's like I always love comparing it to boxing or MMA. We've all seen the fights where a guy like you're four or five different times. You're like, they got to throw the towel. They got to throw the towel. And all of a sudden you get into the fifth round and you're like, this guy is somehow taking all these hits. And he looks fine. He doesn't yeah. even look like he's wobbled. And now he's throwing punches. And you're like, who is this insane person? The Nuggets are. That's what game five represents is if you do that, Draymond Green gets on the plane and he's like, 
man, these guys didn't didn't stay down. I punched him right in the face this last time. Literally. <laughs> we literally got Jokic in the eyeball. Just and he's five warriors punching Nikola Jokic in the face. <laughs> yeah. Repeatedly. I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to have to be technical now on this. And it, yeah. and it changes the things. Um, there were fewer di- mistakes. I mean, he talked about the defense a lot. This was one of my big notes. I've mentioned this in the past before. It takes a whole year. It doesn't take a whole year. It does not take a whole year. But it takes, I would say, at a minimum a month, probably more like two or three months, for a team to establish their defensive principles and chemistry to a level that is playoff ready. This is why a lot of teams talk about after the All-Star break, it's time to start locking in. We want to get our defensive principles honed in. The Nuggets did not do that. They started this in game three. They are now two games into honing their defensive principles <laughs> yeah. at this level. Like, oh, we should probably start to play some defense in game three. But they've made an, an enormous amount of progress on that end. And it, like the one thing I would, uh, one of the things I would look at if you're trying to be hopeful for this series is Denver might be able to just make it hard on them. Just, just, just don't give them the easy ones. Golden State's yeah. good enough to beat you on just the hard ones. But make them do that because they'll definitely beat you if you give them easy ones sprinkled in. Well, I remember what we talked about coming into the series. And especially after game one, I think, was that look, the Nuggets just have to get to a point in this series where they make the Warriors make an adjustment. Yeah. Like you have to just. Malone make, thinks that's happened. Right. You have to just make Golden State look at what they're doing and be like, okay, this isn't working to the extent that we need it to. We have to alter our game plan in some way. And through two games, it kind of looked like they weren't going to have to do that. Right. Now, look, Golden State is so good that, you know, they can go to their bread and butter, I think, and blow Denver out of the water in game five. Like, that can't happen. Like, right. Golden State is such a better team than the Nuggets. Like, that can't happen. But the fact that Malone talked about it a little at practice today, some of the adjustments that they've seen Golden State make and they've made Golden State make, like, that can that can make you feel pretty encouraged about where Denver's defense is now compared to it was after two games. There's just the scary thing, which is, okay, they've tried all these little adjustments. They haven't started their best player yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of feels totally. like a real trump card up their sleeves. Yeah. But you are right, and, and that's a note from today too, right? I mean, Malone talked about turning them into more of a pick-and-roll team and, and talking about maybe some of the way they were guarding Denver's pick-and-rolls and getting bigger guys on Monte so that they could – you know, that pick and roll defense was different with how they're handling Jokic. So yeah. they have actually forced some little adjustments from Kerr. There's also, on a grander scale, talking about the playoffs, one of my takeaways from practice today is we all just throw the term adjustments around. Right. And, you know, more than half of us can't notice them anyway without someone pointing them out. I think, the, I see, I disagree with this. The answers are out there to be found. Well, without someone pointing them out, I'm just saying if you go and oh, do, sure. the work, you if you do the work, it, you can find them. My point is most takes about coaches and adjustments or lack thereof are just parroting the last take you heard about that coach from someone else. Oh, and so true. It's a big game of telephone. My point being... There's nothing sadder. I'm just making this point because there's nothing sadder that, to me than an NBA analyst, a basketball analyst, or somebody that's just an analyst in general that's talking about commenting on this that is like, there's no adjustments, this or that. That's like, right. Are you kidding? The worst coaches make 100 adjustments. That's like, what I mean. <laughs> you just don't understand or haven't even attempted to put the work in to get this. There's a goddamn podcast right now with a player talking and breaking about down the, adjustments. Yep. Like, yep. You just have to try the littlest amount. That was my point. But um, here's where I want to get is you brought it up, the pick and roll. This is one of the things Malone talked about today. He was like, let's talk about some of the adjustments here. And one of the ones that he has, I have them all listed out here, but one of the ones he has is that who was, you guys take a guess, had the fewest, according to Synergy, that tracks a, a data site that tracks what teams are running, who has run the fewest amount of pick and rolls for the uh, ball handler in the NBA during the regular season? Who do you think was dead last? 
Steph Curry. No, no, no. Which team? Oh, the Warriors. They were number two to last. I mean, second to last. Number one was the Nuggets. I thought that was just kind of interesting. <laughs> to show you how different they are, they have Jamal Murray. And without him, they had run the fewest number of pick and rolls that finish with a ball handler scoring the ball, which is just something to kind of file away wow. there. That's <laughs> not a thing. But number two is the Warriors. I mean, the Nuggets, Warriors, that. And then if you go to the roll man, the Warriors are dead last. So the Warriors are second to last in pick and rolls run for the ball handler, last in pick and rolls for the, uh, the roll man. They don't run pick and rolls. And to Malone's point, what happened down the stretch of the last two games, but especially in this last one, they're going pick and roll very heavy in the meaning they've changed their identity to try to attack what they perceive to be a weakness but also because to malone's point he feels the team has been better dialed in and guarding off ball and i think that's something to file away he also says that he expects in game five the warriors to run a lot of pick and rolls from the jump he thinks quarter one they're going to be running a lot that's going to be interesting because if that happens it's the Warriors like playing into the Nuggets game plan. I agree. That's the Warriors doing what the Nuggets want them to do. I actually I don't know if I expect like I expect the Warriors to go out there in game five and be like, we're gonna do what we do and we're gonna just demolish you playing our brand of basketball. Right. Like I, I don't think the Nuggets have gotten the Warriors to a point where Golden State needs to like throw out their identity yeah. and start from scratch and be like, Yeah, we're just gonna get Yoke switched out to Steph on every single play. Like the, they might get there by the end of the game if it's close, but to start, I, I I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I also think from their perspective, that game, there's so much for us to be excited about and proud about. Like yeah. Golden State, they're just like, yeah, Steph missed four free throws. Like right. Draymond fouled out. Like they're right. not. You know, there are little adjustments. Yeah, now we're actually gonna but... start Steph freaking Curry. Right. <laughs> I would think they may just try to execute better before they I abandon agree. their philosophies, but. I also agree with Malone that it goes back to game three, too, in the third quarter. They couldn't do it in the in the clutch, but in that third quarter, the defensive communication has just been so much better. There's yeah. such a commitment to, to handling those screens um, to the point where Draymond had to get aggressive. You know what I mean? Picked it up and uh, and dunked it, you know, when they were just sort of trying to navigate the switch. And so I, I thought Denver's been much better on that end. But I'm with wind. I don't. I think Golden State just wants to do what they do Here, better. I, as much as I agree with you on this, here's one thing: when Jordan Poole, we don't know like what his injury status is. I mean, he hurt his wrist. He was terrible in this last game. He was a non-factor. Aaron Gordon maybe played a part in that, just putting some size on him. That was an adjustment Denver made, and maybe that it happens again in Game Five. Then you talk about Clay Thompson went seven of eleven. Can he go seven eleven two times in a series? Yes, we've seen yeah. him just be on fire. But is that something you count on? Like he's a shoe in to shoot seventy percent from the three point line in Game Five? Absolutely not. Steph Curry had thirty three points in thirty four minutes or whatever. Like it's not that he had a bad game. So you're right. Can he be better? Yes. Does Denver solve Steph? Nobody has. So to your point, these things they should expect them to be good again. But there's also something too. Can they expect it to be better? No. They actually. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not counting on a better game from Steph or Clay. They played a games anyway <laughs> in that one. So. There is a part of me that looks at that and goes, the other value is not just going away from what Denver has locked in now defensively and is playing better. The real value is Jokic, guard, make him guard pick and rolls. Maybe he picks up fouls. Maybe he just gets exhausted. exhausted. And let's just try to do that. But here's the thing. If it works, it kills Denver, and then it's terrible. But if it no. doesn't work, you went away from who you are, and you lost, and you didn't get the ball popping. Like if Denver, first quarter especially, is locked in defensively, and they go into all these pick and rolls, you're probably not getting a ton of assists out of those, which means the ball wasn't popping the way that they get the most sort of momentum from. So I yeah. just, again, there's an opportunity here where I think some of these things are going to level out. I want to get to some of these other adjustments, though. They talked about how... Um, 
they doubled Jokic more, and this is a note I have from the list we'll talk about a little bit, that they were sending harder and more shameless doubles, meaning more just like, hey, we are actually way overloading the side. And Denver was actually surprisingly ill-prepared for that when Jokic was on the block. I thought they did a good job of getting him on the elbow and especially at the nail, at the free throw line. But when they was on the block, Denver was really, really bad there, and I think it's they need that. They need all of Jokic's scoring, like all of his playmaking from every spot. And then lastly... Putting Clay Thompson on Monte Morris in the first half and then in the second half switching Andrew Wiggins onto him. And Malone explains the reason they do that is when you run pick and roll at the end of the games with Monte Morris, they want to have a bigger bodied person on Jokic, mm-hmm. a bigger body. Now, here's what's interesting about that to me. Denver now has an opportunity to prepare. And to me, this is the one where if I'm the Nuggets, I feel the most excited about is an adjustment that the Warriors are making. Because mm-hmm. if they beat you in that last game when you're like, OK, what do we do here? That's one thing. But the death lineup with Andrew Wiggins at power forward has always been vulnerable to this exact thing. Like, right. hey, can you get that size mismatch to not just on Jokic where he's punishing guys, but all of the ripple effects behind it. And now if that's the thing, I have a feeling today's practice was a lot about that specific thing. How do you get Jokic points? How do you punish them for that? But more importantly, if you're going to have Draymond somewhere else. You're going to have Wiggins somewhere else. All right, Draymond gets switched out onto Monte Morris. What are we doing with Aaron Gordon now that you have Clay Thompson essentially right, guarding right. him? And is that where you can start to really take advantage of it in a way that would break them? Mm-hmm. And I think Denver likely spent a lot of today's practice going over that exact topic. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Nuggets are going to win. They're underdogs for a reason. There's so sure. many avenues for the Warriors to beat them. But that's one avenue that I think you look at and you go, they sustained a big adjustment. And now they're more prepared for it. Yeah. And, I mean, Malone talked about that today. He said, like, one of the big things we worked on was – you know, just working out of double teams and, and where to go with the ball and who's cutting and who who's moving this direction and, and filling this spot. So at this point in the series, like like, like you said, the Nuggets the, or the Warriors could absolutely blitz the Nuggets tomorrow. Like yeah. they could. They it's could honestly come, the ex- likeliest outcome. It. Absolutely, expecting man. They've it. killed the Nuggets in two games already. They could win by 20 tomorrow. Would any of us be totally surprised? No, but... The Nuggets, they have a little bit of a foothold now. That yeah. they know internally, we can play with these guys. Right. We can make adjustments to counter what these guys do, and that can go a long ways. Just winning a game and getting confidence from that can can go a long ways. And I'm just I'm happy that the Nuggets got to this point because earlier in the series, I didn't know if they would. I don't know if right, they would, right. but but they're here now. When yep. you talked about Adam, them not doing a good enough job when he's doubled on the block, what? what I want we have a, I have a whole segment. Okay, yeah, I'll save it. Yeah, save it for the next one. The last one I want to say here, though, that I thought was, in my opinion, the most interesting answer that he gave in this whole thing. He's asked, Draymond Green has been in foul trouble the last two games. He's asked, are there spots on the court? Are there actions you run? And are there tendencies that you're noticing where Draymond Green is more vulnerable to fouling Jokic? And Michael Malone didn't know how to answer that. But that he finally goes, yes, not going to tell you what those are. But yes, we feel like we know where he is most exposed to fouling Jokic. And we're going to try to take a good advantage of those. And I just thought that was interesting. Because Draymond fouled out in game four. Should have get fouled out in game three. And you look at that and go, can we now bring that to this next game five in a way that Draymond's all of a sudden out of his comfort zone? Mm-hmm. And look, he's the key to this whole roster. Steph is too. But Draymond... If they don't have Steph, I think they have a better chance of beating Denver than if they don't have Draymond. Draymond's the one that that blocks Denver's strength, or at least makes it difficult. And if he's not on the court, we saw what happened when he wasn't on the court for two minutes in game 
four. If he's not on the court for an extended run or even just in foul trouble, I'm more confident in Denver's ability to take advantage of it. So file that one away. Thought it was very interesting. So where are the spots? We'll get over to that. And we'll get we'll get to that here in segment. Right, segment here. As we get into some of the notebooks. Let's hit our break. Uh, yeah, guys. Athletic Greens. Um, Brian gets Athletic it. Greens has a product that I use literally every day. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune system. I also hated taking pills and vitamins. You talk about that a lot. How much you hate taking pills and oh, vitamins? Oh, I can't stand it. It's it's the worst. But Athletic Greens. One scoop of Athletic Greens into a bottle of water every morning. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's lifestyle-friendly. If you're sticking to a strict diet, like if you eat keto or paleo, vegan or dairy, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens totally works with those diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. Uh, it also supports better sleep quality and recovery as well. Um, so right now, guys, time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Uh, just one scoop of Athletic Greens in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, so to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Somehow that stuff tastes good. Somehow. doesn't sound like it would, but it sure does. It does taste good. It does. Um, right now at Lightshade Dispensary, you can pick up some Escape Artists, the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. Uh, our 800 by 800 creams are Escape Artists' highest potency creams available. I would hope so. Uh, they penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort, non-greasy, non-staining, fast absorbing, and take effect in 10 minutes or less with benefits that last up to two to three hours. Um, so where can you find Escape Artists at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations? Their Barnum location is now open off of 6th and Federal. Um, their 420 specials through today, last day you can get these, are still live. Their five best-selling products will be buy one, get one for $1. Of course, podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. There we go. All right, back here, segment two. Let's get into some of the notebook notes here. Uh, we had a super chat come in. I'll go ahead and just address it now. Usually we wait till segment three, but we'll see it happens. Somebody the, from the town. From <laughs> so, the town. I'll be in the, the town, town tomorrow. He's been in here every show, I think. Has he really? I'm yeah. telling you, it's the funniest. Um, everybody wishes they had a DNVR. What would the baby? SF. The town. The town? Just T-O-W-N. T-O-W-N. All right, William Mitchell says, that's interesting in theory until we realize Poole and Steph score 1.43 and 1.42 points per possession, respectively, asking a lot for Jokic to contain both of them. Yeah, no, because... It's asking <laughs> just yeah. an ins inhumane <laughs> amount from Jokic. Uh, a, really a lot is asked of Jokic every goddamn second he's on the yeah. court, like more than any player is asked to do. Honest to God, is there anybody that's asked to do more than Jokic for their team? And all sincerity. No. Luka maybe. We've talked but, about this yeah, for like, seven months. <laughs> no. So, yes, it's asking an enormous amount. Also, like the Warriors, like, I hate to break it to you, like they have 
five of the top six players in this series, yes. including Stephen Clay and Poole and all these guys. And you do have the Lightyears podcast, friends of the show. Oh yeah, Lightyears, those guys are great. Um, uh, so we anyway, yes, it is asking a lot. The question is, the Warriors strongly prefer their style of basketball, and pick and roll is a part of it. Part of this is what Synergy picks up on is. Sometimes it's hard to know. Was this a pick and roll? Was it a dribble handoff? Was it a pitch? Was it you know? You can run an action that gets an advantage, and then it turns into a kick out, and that's a spot mm-hmm. up. When really it was a pick and roll. So the Warriors do all of this. The point is they don't like to just spread pick and roll. That's what Denver's most vulnerable to. Golden State knows that. And if you can just make a big enough dent in that, you can have you you take them away from what they most love to do. It'd yeah. be like if Denver found something in like playing through Jeff Green. Yeah. It'd be like well. We've never really done this, and we don't really like doing it, but it's the working, so should we go away from Jokic and towards Jeff Green? It would still would be uncomfortable. So I get what you're doing. Can't can't get myself there. Can't compare yeah. it. Can't, quite, can't quite compare Steph Curry quite attacking just, Jokic one-on-one yeah, to Jeff Green attacking Andrew Wiggins. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what else it is can't either. Um, I, by the way, another adjustment I expect in this game. I don't know how much Jeff Green's on the court in this next one. I think Austin Rivers is a easily 34-point, 34-minute so. guy. Um, and Jeff Green's out there. Maybe Jeff Green's honestly more, out there more with the second unit. Why does Austin Rivers? I mean, maybe maybe he needs to be out there just to guard Poole or Steph or whichever one's on the court. Sometimes, yeah. It's both, but well, it's going to be interesting because it really feels like just Steph Curry's starting tomorrow night. Yeah. And who is he starting for? Probably Jordan Poole, I yeah. would think. Yeah. So does that change the Nuggets starting lineup? I'm going to say no. <laughs> because the well, Nuggets just to, are it, coming off a win. Here's the thing: you just you get a sub in on the first play. Like, I, yes, you're right. Denver can just roll it out there, but don't get cute. That would be my advice to Michael Malone: don't get cute. I can't believe he wasn't asked about that today. Now that I think of it, you have to ask it in the pregame. Michael Malone is the king of not getting cute. He's never gotten cute. No, no, no. Sometimes he does, though. I'm saying he sticks with like, well, this is the lineup we've had. He's like, yes, but you didn't go against Steph Curry, so the lineup needs to change. He I should- mean, I, I view Michael Malone not getting cute as just he's going to stick with the starting lineup. Like they, they, they. Yeah, they I, I agree. Yeah. That's a mistake, though. If Steph Curry starts, you get Jeff Green out of there on the first whistle. You put well, Austin they, Rivers. In yeah, there. they know Steph Curry's going to start. Then, <laughs> then, then don't. Then yeah. this, to me, getting cute would be sticking with Jeff Green. See, the, the Nuggets—they don't switch up things after a win, though. Like that's the perspective I'm coming from here. Uh, is this a unique circumstance in your mind? We're talking about Steph coming off the bench for starting. Like, there's no—it's a different game now. Yes. Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I think they should change it. I do, and it's—I mean, I—I I just think they should. I think Austin should absorb as many of Jeff's minutes as possible. I—I I totally agree. I, agree. Yeah. I don't even know. But if it's will like, it happen though? No, I think wins right. I think the same start. But that that's also you can survive that, I think. Like just close the first half and close the game with Austin, you know? The first quarters have been okay. Yeah. All right. Can we get into some notes here? This is gonna be notebook style, so as get not, after it. Not this is abnormal, but I'm gonna talk a lot. I'm gonna here. go get a coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um everybody hates when I compliment the Warriors. They're so good. One difference that they have Denver needs to learn a lot from the series. I really believe that. One thing that they do that kills me that the Nuggets don't do consistently. The timing on what they do on offense is the key. I've said this all the time. I go through the playbooks for every team. Like, I try to get into the weeds of this stuff. Everybody runs mostly the same stuff. There's little differences. Like, in Denver's unique because Jokic plays different spots. He plays point guardish roles on the same play, so it makes it different. But the Warriors' timing on cuts. I always talk about the pin-down slip and how important that is. The timing that they operate that with is just 
perfect. And that's why they're so hard to guard. Part of it is it goes from one to the other to the other. But a lot of it is it's at the exact moment that the handshake is supposed to happen from a switch perspective that they'll slip or not. And that's what makes it so hard. The Nuggets can learn this because sometimes the Nuggets will run action. You guys have all seen it. When Yoke is on one side of the court at the top of the key and there's nothing happening, he reverses to the other side. Sometimes you'll see like Barton in the corner or Monte and they stand there for like three seconds and then they run into it and you're like, what are you doing? Yoke's just like holding the ball at the top of the Man. key waiting. I, I tweeted this out, I think, in game four when the Nuggets were like making their run. Yeah. How are we at game four soon to be game five of a first round series after 82 games and like nuggets rotation players don't know how to run the place right yeah they don't know where to stand in the half court after a play call has been made there was a they don't know the, how to run the play like, uh, what is going yeah, on there was a really funny one with austin in game four where yoke's like you scream austin, like, austin and brin it's like, austin what and are brin you doing no yeah. idea yeah, yeah, they, you guys have been playing with this team for half a season and yoke's just like austin, dude the whole season brin half of it no. we called fist five you scream down then he comes over to you come he's like it's not like we're putting in new play calls at this point also either. how much do you love that uh, draymond like the sparse player on the court is just sitting there being like he like pretty soon Draymond's gonna be like dude he's saying you yeah you should go over <laughs> you're there you're supposed to be over he's here he's like losing his mind he's like this is annoying for me <laughs> yeah so oh, true man, man. Uh, um, by the yeah to that point I cannot believe how little how few practices this team held I understand the schedule and the modern NBA no one does it but they just like this group needed to practice yeah they had guys that didn't yeah. know where to be all year and by the way, I know some people, usually a notebook goes along with the list. The list will be up as 30 minutes after this is over. All the clips are already loaded up. I just got to write the little like intros to them. But um, it'll be up here, certainly by end of day, certainly for you guys to read and prepare for tomorrow. Um, but the timing to me is like, this is where when I talk about new assistants, one of the reasons is it's not about the plays they're running. It's like, what is it that you're emphasizing? Some coaches, Mike D'Antoni was the best about this. He was like the first guy to say, hey, I want my guys on the wing spotted up three feet behind the three-point line. And it was like, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to run the same plays. It's just that your spot isn't here. It's here. Yep. And it's because it's harder to run out. And it creates all of, this all of these different things. Denver, to me, it's spacing. It's timing. It's all of those things that just seem to be not a point of emphasis that, to me, would make this offense more like the Warriors, where it goes from one action to the next so seamlessly. <laughs> and they do such a good job yeah. of it. Um, here's a big note, and people are gonna, their mind is gonna be blown on this. I think Will Barton needs to run more pick and roll with Jokic. I, I agree. I think that the Nuggets right now could get something out of that in large part because what did he just talk about? Monte, you know, they're loading up on Monte. They have too many small players. They're loading up on Monte. One of the adjustments I would make if they go back to putting Wiggins on Monte, give the ball to Barton, let him run pick and roll where Clay Thompson now is switched out on Jokic. And by the way, Barton can play the pick and roll. Now, can he attack Draymond and not turn it over? I think there's a trust thing there, and he has to prove it's going to be a little feast or famine. But Barton is not an inept pick-and-roll player. And if he has a specific game plan of, hey, they're loading up on this action, so we're going to you, just don't get cute, be smart with it. To me, there's a real – they can exploit that in a way that's really, really valuable. I think when he stays committed to finding Jokic when appropriate, you know, He's in good. those pick-and-rolls – He's actually quite good at getting yoked the ball at advantageous positions. Yep. Part of that is he's willing enough as a scorer that the defense considers it 
you know like there's a lot of pick and roll you know coverages for denver where it's like i don't really care how open that guy is we are concerned about Jokic rolling you know and yeah. barton presents just enough of a scoring or defenses know that he would like to shoot enough mm. that i think it creates a window <laughs> if he stays patient harrison and committed to yoke first they can bear fruit with that approach. Yeah, I agree. Another big note I have, so when I'm watching this game, one of the things you're thinking about was how good of a game was this for Denver? How good of a game was it for the Warriors? We know the Warriors can be better. We just know they can. And their ceiling is higher in Denver, so that that's just the way it is. But where can Denver be better? Where was this game? So many points left on the board for Denver in game four. So many. And the number one place they were left on the board was Monte Morris mid-range opportunities. He missed a couple shots, but he also just missed a couple opportunities for, for buckets that I think you hope that when he makes five threes in the second half, you hope that's like a, hey, over a hump, you know, a little slump. Sometimes you go in little mini slumps and that now he's ready to really start reading that. To me, that's a big one. And then it goes same for Will Barton if he is in that spot. And it goes, by the way, same for Bones Highland. There's an opportunity. The Nuggets ran Jokic all the way to the first 11 minutes. And the Warriors brought in their crap lineup, their real shitty lineup, like they always do on their regular rotation. And Denver didn't win as much as they should have in those yeah. minutes, in large part because Bones made a couple bad reads. Um, Bones has to understand when he has DeMarcus with him, be very aggressive, still try to get the ball to Boogie, but be aggressive. You have Yoke on you and, and Andre Godala guarding him. You don't have to be aggressive. Like if the easy pass isn't there, pull it out because the easy pass will manifest itself mm -hmm. in that lineup. And that's just one lesson, that there is a vulnerability in the mid-range for Denver to take advantage of that they to, didn't. To go back to Monte missing those mid-range opportunities, when I think back to the best version of Monte Morris that we've seen for the Nuggets in the playoffs, it's that Portland series yeah. where he was yep. coming off that screen and roll. He was so decisive. The last one, you're saying, yeah, last year. Yeah, yes, last year. Yeah, not, not, not the first one. Last yeah. year when they won in six. Just coming off the screen and roll. I'm going to the rim. I'm pulling up for mid range. I'm getting the ball back to Yoke. He was so decisive in that six game series. If he can get back to that, that's going to be huge. And one of the things the Warriors do is they drop, especially when it's Looney, they drop Looney so far in the paint so that Looney doesn't have to. One of the hard things about a big is you have to play in between and you kind of have to guess on pick and rolls. They drop him so far that there's no decision making. They're like basically counting on their guards to come over the top and trail from behind but then they're also just like we're not letting Jokic get the pocket pass right. to the rim like right. we're just not letting that, that shot happen. is there that it's, shot is so he has the, the floater and he has the hesitation take one more dribble and see if like make him make a decision even if it's really really late we don't think of him as a microwave scorer but five for five in yep. the third quarter does the rim look a little bigger for him yep. tomorrow mm -hmm. The difference, one way you, sometimes basketball is very easy. One way you could break down the difference between game three and four, one meaningful way that has been completely overlooked. In game three, Gary Payton went three for three from the three-point line. I didn't overlook that. Gary, well, but we haven't talked <laughs> about, know, like, what's the that. difference between game four, three, and four? Denver played him tight in both of them. But the difference was he came in and went three for three from the three-point line. This one, like, his shot was not even close. Like, Denver was giving him, when he was on the court, the Warriors run out a bunch of lineups. Maybe this changes as Steph Curry starts. But the Warriors run out some lineups that you're like, they are not, they don't care about these minutes. And it's usually when DeMarcus Cousins is on the court and, and the second unit's on the court, but they're putting these out that are like, we trust that we're not anything. Gary Payton is a, an X factor in that Denver seems content to give him the corner three. You have to. You I have mean, to. You just have to. Like the Warriors have so many options. Even in the, those shit lineups, they're going to have one of Poole or Clay Thompson out there. Yeah. Like one of those guys is going to be out there. You just have to give up that Gary Payton three and, and hope for the best. And if he hits them, great. You, you might lose. It, but odds are he's, he's not going to hit them like he did in game three.
there's also less momentum off of them in the one way of like when he hits them they count the same but nobody else got going and you're not going to count on Gary Payton to get going yeah. every quarter it's like he might win you a quarter because he got hot in that one whereas if Steph hits three three-pointers in a quarter he's probably hot for the rest of the game and you're yep. screwed I remember too you know on 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 the internet after that play it was like how is he so wide open they're so wide open i'm like no that was one of the few good defensive yeah, possessions yeah. man you got to live with that shot you, you got to take you got to take the other stuff away there's the, there's just something about a playoff 3 from Steph or Clay feels like it counts for 7 points i can't figure it out but they could be up 15 but if they're feeling themselves you you might as well be down 40 you might as well be down yeah um and i so i think that Denver can actually win one of the keys for me is going to be you can win those other minutes by even more. They really can. They won them by a good amount this last time, but they can win them by even more because I'm telling you, the Warriors are punting those minutes. They are. Yeah. You have to punish them. If you want to talk about best-case scenarios, you obviously winning game five, but you win them by so much, especially in that second unit, that Steve Kerr's like, I can no longer put out Gary Payton and Andre Iguodala and, and uh, Otto Porter together. I just can't do it. And all of a sudden, it has a chain effect on every other lineup. And they have to punish that 12-0 run, yeah. something like that. DeMarcus Cousins was asked at practice today, like, do you feel like you have a mismatch in this series? <laughs> the question was something like that. And he was just like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And, I mean, he's going against the Manu Bielitsa, like every single minute Bielitsa that he's too, out yeah. there. And, yeah, that is a massive mismatch, probably on both ends. But when DeMarcus Cousins is on offense – he can score that every single time. He like, is bullying. If he gets the He's ball in the post, they did start doubling him a little last game, but even if it's double coverage, he can still draw a foul or score that every single time if he gets the ball in the post. But that can they get the ball in the post is one of the big questions. Because yeah. he had those six straight points. A lot of that was like the team trying so hard and they almost every possession almost didn't get to him, and then they finally got to him. Yep. And of course he gets an and one or he gets a foul or whatever. So can Denver build in some things that are like, hey, we better get him the ball where we want it to. We like just guarantee it. Because right now it's not a guarantee they get him the ball. I also think, I mean, this is crazy, and it probably never materializes, but that there actually is a real lane for Bryn Forbes to do some real damage. Oh, for sure. And like he could really swing a stint. For sure. And, and especially if they're going to sell out so hard on denial or doubling cousins. I mean... Here, Bones, like one of them will be open once or twice from three, and they got to they gotta bury it. Bones was hot in this game, and it made a huge impact. You can't count from him count on him to do that every time. But I do agree that Bryn Forbes is like he changes the geometry of the court defensively if he makes one or two, and it just that that momentum can really carry Denver. They have to punish that lineup. Yeah. They just have the bench has to win their minutes, and I think they need to win them by like eight. Um, we talked about you. We were asking about the ball to Jokic in the post. There's a clip on the list that you guys are going to laugh at. And I only used one, but it was like five p plays in a row where they would go to Draymond's on age uh, on AG in the corner. One player's on yo. This is like a death ball lineup. So and then they would send Wiggins as a full time helper. It wasn't a box in one, but they were just like, let's not do the thing where we rotate once he dribbles or we send help. Let's just send the help immediately. And mm -hmm. you see Steph Curry stunting over. You see, I can't remember who it was that was on ball. Uh, on Jokic, and then Andrew Wiggins was the helper with Draymond in the back. Denver has to punish this. It actually turned into a turnover. You'll remember the play. Yoke skipped a pass right as because there wasn't oh, a Monte plan, and Monte cut. cut at the exact oh, sure. moment yep. Jokic threw it, and it turned into a, tr a turnover. This was a play where, if you, you'll see on the list, they were so compromised because of how they overloaded, but Denver did a F-minus job of taking advantage of it, and there <laughs> were multiple ones like that. To me, that defense, it's the equivalent of trying to trap Steph Curry at half court 
Like, can you do it? If you're unprepared for it, maybe you can do that and it throws them off the rhythm. But Denver now has a practice and it's like, if they're going to go so far out of their way to, to get themselves out of position, if you break it, it should be layups, dunks, and wide open threes on the other way. And I have to hope Denver got smarter about how their attack is. And if it were me, here's the thing that I think is crazy. If it were me, you've got Draymond occupied on Aaron Gordon, but he's not afraid of him as a three-point threat. And Denver's using him in the dunker. I would actually leave him stationary. I would use Austin Rivers, Monte, or one's in the corner, one's in the wing. I would actually set the flare screen from the corner for whoever's on the wing. In this case, it was Monte. Because what happens is then that guy has to make a decision. So you basically have Aaron Gordon on the in the dunker spot, Draymond Green in front of him. So he's almost acting like a flare screener. Then you've got the guy coming from the corner setting the flare screener. What happens is those two guys have to determine which one's going for the skip. And it's almost certainly going to be the guy on the wing. And that's when you dive. So right. Draymond, what they've been trying to do, or what they tried to do in these plays yesterday was dive Aaron Gordon, but that doesn't make Draymond punish, and then it leaves the other guard to spot up between two, which is a tough spot to be in, but they're good at recovery. They're just really good at, at recovery. If you make it into that one to where he has to go around the screen to get the fade, you're more vulnerable to, to a quick slip on that. So to me, I think Denver has ways they can make him punish. They were ill-prepared for it for whatever reason in game four. It would be a good adjustment. They've been ill-prepared for it all season. That's been the thing that's blown my mind. There, yeah. there yeah. seems to be no plan A in those scenarios. The Nuggets score the ball almost every single time that Aaron Gordon does not have a big on him in late in games. And I know this sounds crazy, but when they go small like that, the plays where, and it usually comes off of a stop, and then you go in transition like Jordan Poole's on Aaron Gordon, they score those almost every single time. That's how you punish them. The problem is the Warriors are very good at getting back in transition and not mm -hmm. doing that. But here's the thing. To me, another way that I would be trying to take advantage of the death lineup is I would have things built in for every single play in the first five, six seconds of it that forces them into a switch. It's not hard to do. You run double pin down for Aaron Gordon in the corner. like You either trail the whole thing or you get a switch on it. You can run those types of actions just as a, hey, we want to take your preferred matchup away. So now you have Klay Thompson on Aaron Gordon. Good luck. Go rebound now. We'll see if, yeah. Aaron, we'll see if Klay Thompson can out-rebound him. Maybe he can. I doubt it. But I would be trying to do that on every single play. Just like he was talking about, they put Monte on him. Do something else that says, if you're going to do that, we're going to take advantage of you on this end. So mm -hmm. I think that's another huge battleground. And again, I have an example on the list. And then lastly, where does Draymond foul Jokic the most? I do agree there's two of them. One, at the nail. Like Jokic getting at the top of the key makes it so much harder for Draymond to know. Because like Draymond wants to cut the shrink the court. He's right. smaller. He wants to like force him this way, force him that way. Don't let him spin to his right shoulder. The Nuggets have been very good at getting him the ball at the nail, and it's like, hey, now you have to play both sides of his shoulder. Like now, both, yeah, both now Yoke has the whole court. To he has work the whole with. court to operate with. So all of your little rotations that you have to do, you're just more likely to foul in these moments. And then, of course, we mentioned it. It's on the move, catching the ball on the move. But here's the thing. I don't think it's catching it on the move the way they did against Toronto or against New Orleans, where it's like Yoke coming off of pin downs and like this. What I think it is is Jokic at the elbow, but you run the action so that right before you go to him, rather than just go to him where he's holding him off and then catches it, have him just make the quick two-step right. cut. So right. he's like catching it one or two steps on the move and going right into his move. Because yep. Draymond's very good at getting – Draymond, I'm telling you, this is why I have respect for him. He fouls. But he does it in the way that's most difficult to call, which is mm -hmm. like, I'm going to foul you at these very specific moments, either before you put the ball on the court or as you're going up for your shot. Now I'm getting it. But if you just go straight into, there's no hold, you just go straight into your movement part, he goes for a reach there, it's a foul. Especially if you're prepared for it. Like, I'm going to catch this on the move, but I know he's going to try to reach for this, so I'm going to go for it. Like, Yoke can draw him on that. And I do think that there's something there to it. 
You go to Golden State, I don't expect Draymond to be in foul trouble, but I do expect <laughs> Denver, I mean, I just don't, but I do expect Denver to make it hard on him there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Yoke pulls it off. You got it. It's, it's what this game could come down to. Yeah. Is Draymond Green in really bad foul trouble late in the fourth quarter? <laughs> it's just it's what this series could come down to. And Yoke on the move is something we've seen more and more of over the last two years. I consider it a staple of his MVP ascension. Can it become a staple of this offense and not not just a little feature, but something they do often and something they do well and something intentionally, in this case, to draw foul trouble? I just felt like whether that was on Draymond getting a whistle, I felt like they did it far more in Game 4. If he had a bigger, relatively, defender on him, they put Yoke on the move in it. You know, it paid off. Yeah. So I, I, I often think as dominant as a post player as he is, sometimes there's just too much. He posts up, everyone stands and watch. That's too easy to defend. There are other ways to get Yoke going. Yeah. All right, let's hit our final break. On the other side, we're going to go visit the Haters Ball as well as take our final Super Chat. I'm excited I can't that. wait for the Haters Ball. It's a great way to end a Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it really is. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Of course, here at the bar corner of Colfax in York, if you're local, stop in, check it out. Stop in for the game tomorrow. We've got Breck Brew beers on tap. We've got regular seltzers being sold in the bar. Um, it's, it's all we drink, you know, sometimes water, but mostly Breck Brew. So uh, if you're in the area, like I said, stop into the bar, pick up some Breck Brew. If you're not in the area, that's okay. Go to the Breck Brew website, check out their beer locator. It will tell you where to get Breck Brew closest to you. Also, because it's still Nugget season, because it's the playoffs, make sure to check out the Mile High City Copper Lager in that blue can. You can't miss it with that Breck Brew logo on it. Uh, so pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager today. If you're in the area, stop into the bar tomorrow night. Game five should be lit in here. Uh, get some Breck Brew and some Breck Brew seltzers here at the DNVR bar. Bar's going to be fun, man. You guys got to come out tomorrow. Wednesday showing. Like I said, it was diehards only for game four. The real ones show up. The real ones show up. It's like, Absolutely. I honestly take little pictures in my mind of everybody at show. I'm like, my guy. Or <laughs> my gal. guy. Or gal. Or gal. Uh, the NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round of action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. As simple as that. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can, of, of course, bet during the first round with same game parlays combined multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. During the first round of the playoffs, get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to say shout out. We put this on Twitter the other day. I know not everybody's there, but we reached 20,000 subscribers. Let's go. Give yourselves. This is a, a as long for as you're you a guys. subscriber. As long as you're a <laughs> subscriber on here, it's a big deal. Uh, we're obviously extremely thankful for all of you. We love doing this and it just continues to grow and it's fun to watch this thing like 
continue to get bigger I remember bigger. when we were doing winner's lounges for like 50 people. I remember how pumped we were about it, man. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, the funniest one and the, the people that have been with us the longest, actually, there's not, everybody's going to say they remember this, but they, don't. but they don't. The first time we did the Disney World bubble with Keith Smith, remember yes. the first time we did it, I just remember it being an absolute banger. It was. It was a banger. You know how many Breaking people- Breaking down the grandest. You know how many people watched it? Like 200. 200. 350. Well, right yeah. now, all this time later, 350 people. And I'm like, what? I remember being total. like, yeah, total. Even to this date, that's all the people that we have got off. It. We were like, it's an awesome show. Dude, I was like, holy crap. What a banger of a show. The Grandestino. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Floridian. I remember when we did the uh, seven. You don't want to be in the Floridian. You don't want to be there. We that's did the, the seven losers. show from the Lakewood office. Oh, my God. I remember that thinking, is, uh, yeah. this could be pretty cool. Yeah. This DNVR thing. <laughs> We, yeah. That was just Periscope, man. I'm yeah. telling you, we had to, uh, we, we've come a and long way. Now we're way. all filthy rich. It's yeah, crazy. It's like <laughs> so far. <laughs> that Google AdSense money is coming in big time, fellas. Um, <laughs> all right. We got a super chat? Yep. Let's get to that one here. Clarence says, Joker, Boogie, Bones, AG, Monte. Let's see that, Malone. Um, so do, do we want to talk about the Joker, Boogie thing? Sure. Actually, yeah, that was that did go a little under the radar. So you asked that question uh, to Boogie, right? Yeah. And he pretty much said, yeah, I want to see that lineup. I want to play with Joker. And then he was like, yeah, I'm excited for it. <laughs> I think it might be a thing they try. I thought they were going to try it in game four. Yeah. I think it would be a cool thing to try. You just got to find out where those minutes come, though. That's the, that's the thing that's a little bit hard about is where do they go. But the, Instead of Jeff Green, <laughs> well, just start. Just start here, late late first quarter, they go to, like, Bielitsa, right? and you right. just score every time. Here, here's the thing, man. Well, actually, they do go really small there. Here's the thing. It's feast or famine. You've got to score, and you've got to draw fouls. But there's something, too. If you get some minutes there with both of those guys on the court and you get them in foul trouble, like think about if Draymond's on the court at that moment and you're like, yeah, you're going to have to guard either Boogie or Yoke. Which one do you want? Like, don't foul. Yeah. yeah I just think there's something to it. It's feast or famine. It's I, feast uh, or famine. It could, it could be famine. I I don't love it. I don't. I do. I I'm, do. I'm here for it. I'm they for played it. it, I think, four minutes in the regular season, and it was only in the game where Yoke smashed his head open and Boogie had to come in at, at like the 11-minute mark. That's part of why I don't love it. It's not. It brings up. No, no. But that was, a, in the end, a great memory. No, it's just not something that they've, like, tried and deployed yeah. and ironed out and played with the tinkered. You got to play zone in that lineup or That's something like There's like, no way you guard. Yeah, you might get destroyed. But, I mean, I also get why people want to see it. And maybe you just start dictating, like, rather than reacting to Golden State's size all the time. Maybe there's something to, like, no, we're bigger and stronger than you, and you can't c keep up with this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for right. it. Um, but you're, but it, when it goes wrong, I'm gonna be like, I can't believe he tried that. I yeah, can't, that's how I, I feel. Can't, about I can't it. believe he did yeah. that. It's what gonna was go he from, thinking? It's gonna what go from Michael Malone never makes an adjustment to Michael <laughs> Malone over adjusts. <laughs> over adjusted, they won. <laughs> what are you doing? What are we adjusting? It's so true. Uh, Kale, can you uh, gain access for us for the uh, haters ball? Can you get us some tickets there? Oh my, fedoras? What, what do we have going on here? I don't think those oh, are fedoras. Uh, what are they? I think those are like. Pimp hat. That would, yeah, yeah, that would be classified as a pimp hat. That's a pimp hat. All right. There yeah. we go. The haters Clip ball. Pimp hat. The haters ball. We're arriving at the haters ball. Guys, I don't know if you guys watched the National Basketball Association yesterday. Heard of but it. But there were some real bangers. There bangers. were some real bangers. Real bangers at the haters uh, ball. Let's, let's, uh, I guess this is really like bangers. an around the association of sorts here. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start with it. We were very worried about the Nuggets getting swept. We were very worried about the Nuggets not showing enough heart. Going down sad, going out sad, whatever. Wasn't them. 
We're also worried about the real hoopers. No, all year we heard like, look, if Yoke wins the MVP, even from the least annoying people, they're like, if he did, we all can agree he's not the best player. Not the yeah. best player. The best player is Kevin Durant, guys. Of course, guys. Man. The best player like, is Katie. who can just get you like a the buck. The playoff hoopers. That's yeah, the thing like, in the I playoffs. When it's, like you got Tatum on you or yeah. something. Yeah. You need a bucket, and you just yeah. need to clear out and get it to a guy. Just Who do you go points, to? Oh, you know? my God. Wait. It's saying here that they got swept. Hold the door. They Hold the door. They got swept. But they, I guess they didn't have all their guys. They, did have, they didn't have Ben Simmons. Do you want to fire Yeah, off? I don't know if that would have helped. I actually don't. I heard he almost played, though, too, which is the crazy He's part. He's probable for, for game, game five. five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, The Celtics team's really good. I'm sorry, Vote. It sucks. They're yeah. a very good defensive team, although I will say Warriors-Celtics, same defense, number one defense, basically tied yeah. for number one defense. Like, Both if, very good. If somebody tells me Giannis is the best player in the NBA. He won I, a championship, 50-piece in the closeout. It's, it's wrong, but I can, I can yeah. still get there. Yeah, I can same. still get there. I feel the same way. If somebody tells Kev- me Kevin Durant is the best player in the world ever again, yeah, I know ever again, or how about even ever? Can we, well, can we do this? Yeah. Like, here's the thing: he, he went to never? a can't lose situation. The goddamn Warriors. He went there and they won. And I'm not trying to take anything away. Like, I like KD. Here's the thing: I'm not here just to slander KD nonstop. Like, I've kind of grown to appreciate him since he's left Golden State. Like, he's been an interesting character to me. But I gotta say, man, getting swept after we was you know. I, I'm just so surprised that he got swept in this, especially with a team that he picked in a situation he picked and all of these things. And really, yes, Ben Simmons wasn't there. But to your point, I'm not sure that was like the catch-all thing that's like, hey, that's going to lift him over the edge. I'm just yeah. so surprised by this. And um, I think as much as it's a little bit of a shield for Yoke, should they lose in five, I just look at this and I'm like, we talk about the NBA in such dumb ways that that's this, right. this shouldn't feel as surprising as it is. But here we are. It, it's not. It's it's not surprising. It's not they surprising were a to see team. them crumble. They were a playing team. They went up against the hottest team in the NBA. Yeah, they were a mess all season. They barely stuck into the the playoffs as the play-in. I mean, they we got trashed. We talked about the importance of building. I I would say that for me as a fan of the game, the tough thing about seeing the Nets go down is they spent that regular season just toiling away, building all those good habits, um, just showing up to oh, work with their hard hats on, yeah. trying to respect the game and do it the right way. But in the end, they just didn't have the horses, Can and I, so yeah. you have to feel bad for Can I tell horses. you something, though? Kyrie gave up in that series, man. He was so good in games one and two. Like I just watched him, and I, you guys know me. I'm like raving about the skill level that he plays with, but my God, you want to talk about fight. Yeah. That Nuggets team played like they did not want to get swept. The, the Nets, for, in large part, played like they could care less. Yep. Now he's just got to bunker down with uh, Joe and Sean and Seven. <laughs> just get in a room. Yeah, just, just get, get in a room, room. Find some more horses. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Maybe bring back DeAndre Jordan. Like, that could be the final piece to the puzzle. At kick a certain the, point, kick the tires on Harden. At a certain point, we're just like, uh, what? the mystery is gone <laughs> in basketball. At a certain point, I'm, tell, I'm being serious about this. At a certain point, like, the mystery is gone to where we're like, could they win if they were to also add Anthony Davis? Like, yeah, they probably could. Yeah, it's like have you know who would be a good fit there, James go Harden. There. Like, he'd be a good fit. <laughs> Maybe you no, know, he well he would, and that he's also sad. Uh, speaking of James Harden, you guys remember when Drew Hanlon was talking about how oh the Hoopers? This is going exactly the way the Hoopers anticipated because yeah. they were beating up a Raptors team who did not have friend Van Fleet, who did not have Scotty Barnes, who did not have even Thad Young for a minute there. They didn't have their guys, and they're beating up on them. They get the game winner and oh, like real hoopers, this that. Well, guess what? Doc Rivers, most famous for known for blowing a three-one lead, another three-one lead, and another three-one lead, 
is currently one game about away. About to blow a three zero lead. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right now, I love the Raptors in this series. The oh, 76ers give me can't score all the money on the Raptors. In the game last, I don't know if you guys watched this game, Did. but in the fourth quarter of this game, do you know who was the guy that the Raptors said, "Here's our mark," Joel Embiid. Precious Achua. I'm not even talking here, guys, about like when we were talking about Steph Curry. I always liked him in the draft. Just going to say. Precious Achua. (laughs) The game plan was get the ball to Precious Achua and let him ISO Joel Embiid. And guess what? It worked phenomenally. Unbelievable fourth quarter that happened in that Philly Philly game. And then after the words, I I loved it. You know, he was asked about James Harden. uh, Embiid was about James Harden in the series. Harden has been absolutely terrible. And guess what he did? Threw his ass under the bus. <laughs> of course he did. That's of what course he, does. he did. Threw him under the bus saying, hey, he needs to take more shots, but that's not on me. That's on the coach to tell oh, him. I but I do think he needs to be more aggressive. But it's not my job to answer that question. I'm just saying, if I were to answer it, he should be more aggressive. And also the coach should tell him, not me. I, I couldn't will, believe it. Uh, one thing, though, like James Harden has a lot of mental resolve and when the going gets tough <laughs> he typically sticks He's proven around it over and, and over again through it so you know just because the fans are tough in philly i wouldn't expect him to <laughs> i can't wait for oh, the summer i'm telling you right now i'm telling you right <laughs> now like the 76ers still have two games to sort this out maybe they do it i just i call this a 50 50 series yeah raptors are not even that good this is what's crazy is the rep i love the raptors they're very interesting I can't believe they can do this with like down all of the players that they've been. And now here you are and you've got Philly like starting to point fingers and break. Goes back to Toronto. Let's see what happens in that game six. But it is going to be a pressure filled one. Let me ask you this. If I told you, you can only have one. Oh, God. You can only have one. Nuggets come back (laughs) from this series and win or 76ers collapse and lose. What are you taking? Nuggets. (laughs) I got to take the Nuggets. All right. Hear me out. <laughs> All right, right, hold, if, up, hold up, hold if, up, hold up. Here's this one. You can only have one. Either the Nuggets win game five or the Raptors win game six. What would you take? So it doesn't tell you who wins the series. You just get the one game. Oh, Nuggets get game five. I would feel so happy if the Nuggets get game uh, five. Yeah. I mean, as much as I want to see Joel Embiid become the worst runner up <laughs> in back to back MVPs, <laughs> the worst back to back MVP runner up uh, in league history. Um, Nuggets take game five. Drew Hanlon's going to have to file a restraining order on the DNVR Nuggets Twitter account. If this oh, you, know man. What? you know what? I just remembered that this segment is haters ball. Give me Philly. <laughs> I want Philly. Give me Philly. I don't give a shit. All right. If you could parlay a Suns loss, a 76ers loss, uh, with a nug- uh, and, uh, or, or the Nuggets win. Like you had to take one of the both. Which one would you do? It's still Nuggets. Come on. We have to still root for Yeah, I just, the Suns, Pelicans, like. Yeah, whatever. All right, there's one more one more me. group to kind of meander over towards for the haters ball. I don't know if you guys noticed the Utah Jazz series last night. The Utah Jazz playing the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. I didn't watch. I got to admit. Well, Did not catch that one. Here's how many points the Utah Jazz scored in the first three quarters. They had 18 in the first quarter. Okay. Okay. They had 18 in the second quarter. Oh, it's consistent. Interesting. And mm. they had, well, hold on, they got better in the second half. They had 19 in the oh, third quarter. Oh, wow. Wow. Improvement. Wow. They are getting smacked yeah. by the Dallas Mavericks. I cannot believe it. I actually feel bad for the Jazz. Like I don't feel bad at but all. But Adam, Philly. I, don't Adam feel bad for the I was told that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert eat at the same table <laughs> during lunch. <laughs> they Dude. eat at the same table. Did you, they went to Quinn Snyder for a sideline interview, and he asked, you know, 
what do you need to be doing better? Kind of goes through the whole thing, and he goes, "We just got to make some shots." And his <laughs> eyes widened really big, and I was like, yeah. "Is he gonna break on national TV?" Yeah, like, that's coming from like the most detail oriented, like the way I'm gonna just it. dive into the game plan and adjustments and X's and O's, and we just gotta make Dude, shots. The way he said it, I was like, "Quinn Snyder's gonna cry before this tenure's over." I would, there's a little part of me that would be sad. If Denver came back from three games to zero and the Raptors be, were the first team to come back 3-0 only because they're on the East Coast and their game seven started earlier. <laughs> Can you imagine if both teams could do that? And like Toronto just, the first team ever. And then Denver, the second team ever. It'd be crazy. Can't even lead Sports Center. It'd be such a shame. Hopefully we have to worry about that, though. I would gladly like, take right, that. Right, like Embiid choking oh. would definitely get more play than Jokic No, it doesn't back. matter. No, no, it would not. I would make sure it would not. I would, <laughs> I would turn into swipe a cam. Zach, like, I would go. I would just Zach evolve. Every yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would just take just the mask starting off. starting spaces nonstop on not Twitter. Just like, one ends, another starts. Shouts to swipe a man. That would be yes, an all time. That would honestly be like, you ask what would be the greatest day on this on Twitter, it would be that if somehow these two games series flipped and it would be the grid and then yoke could win his mvp and it would be the funniest funniest thing right, that ever happened right. because then in the playoffs it's just history doesn't matter anything is possible yeah it's so true <laughs> all right everybody we appreciate hanging with us Twenty thousand of you it gotta be twenty thousand more before long we keep growing right along with you guys and we appreciate you so much for it hit that like button on the way out if you haven't subscribed join the twenty thousand of your friends and subscribe tell friends about us and we'll see you at the DMVR bar tomorrow for game five. Let's go Nuggets. <laughs>